Welcome to the Female Insight Zone, a podcast dedicated to sharing insights from women who have made an indelible mark in business and the path they took to soar. Welcome to the Female Insight Zone. This is Mary Beth Kosmeski. Today I'm talking with Amanda Bolin. She is an incredible consultant. Um, she works with large organizations. She speaks um, across the world, uh, helps to implement sales, leadership development, employee engagement trainings. She's worked with over 10,000 individuals varying in industries from telecom, healthcare, tech, banking. She's also the host of a very popular podcast called She Did It Her Way. And I am really, really thrilled to have Amanda on our show today. So thank you for joining us, Amanda. Well, thank you so much, Mary Beth, for having me. Like I was telling you, it's, it's quite it's quite a bit different being on the other side of the microphone, having questions being asked to me versus the other way around. Yeah. So, so you have a podcast as well. Talk a little bit about your podcast and why you started that, because I know you, like I, am, am doing podcasts, you know, we're interviewing women. And so talk about why you started doing that. Yeah, absolutely. So when I started the podcast, it started about two years ago, and it was myself and two other lady friends of mine. And it really just came out of a need. We all loved podcasts, and we felt like there was no podcast speaking to the journey of female entrepreneurship and the differences or specific nuances that we experience as a business owner. And, you know, honestly, I think in entrepreneurship, entrepreneurial fashion, we thought, why not create it? It can't be that difficult. So it really started out of a need from there. And I had some downtime as an independent consultant. I found myself with a few months down at the end of the year, in the beginning of the year, and I'm like, like, I'm not going to sit here and be idle. I want to I want to learn something. I, wanna, I love asking questions and I love like self-development, self-improvement and always seeing how I can get better. And so that's really where it stemmed from. Yeah. So, you know, you interview all of these amazing women who are entrepreneurs. And like you just mentioned, there's a lot of nuances that affect women entrepreneurs. What are some of those? And what have some what are some of the things that you've seen in interviewing all these amazing women? Yeah. Well, and I mean, honestly, like I, I think two things. One is we have an inner critic. We have that inner voice because we are so intuitive. We can hear it a lot louder than maybe our male counterparts might where we will hear it. We'll think about it. We'll listen to it a little bit. And again, in my experience of working with men, they seem to just blow right through it and not, and it's not that they don't care. They just, they're not thinking about that. It's completely different. Um, and the other thing too, especially with the podcast and helping women as they embark on their entrepreneurship journey is getting them not only to ask the question about what's my revenue model, how am I making money, but also the question about like, what's my retirement? What's my cash flow look like? Am I saving for profit? Am I covering my operating expenses and being smart just on that front? So those are the two things that I've experienced and that I've seen, and I've personally experienced them and have seen through just all the women that I've interviewed and also interacted with as well. Yeah. So talk about one of the maybe interesting guests that you might have interviewed that shared something that really talked to some of these obstacles, maybe that we put in our own way, maybe, or maybe that we just can't seem to get over um, in a lot of cases. And and I've experienced them as well. But um, maybe talk about one of the guests that you interviewed. Oh my gosh. Now I'm like going through my brain and thinking about all the guests. We've had over, I think, like 130 at this point. You know, right now we're doing a really cool series. It's a six part series um, with this 
lovely, lovely and amazing female entrepreneur. Her name's Cordova. She had actually reached out to me and she had been preparing to launch her business for over a year. And she launched it right at the end of last year. And so what we've been doing, we've it's six parts, but being able to get into the mindset and staying confident and then also understanding that you might have goals out there and it's not necessarily, okay, you want to hit those goals, but what is well, how are you becoming a better business owner along the process of that as well? And through those interviews, talking about the vulnerability of entrepreneurship. And I think whether it's entrepreneurship or even if you're in a corporate environment setting where sometimes you feel like you swing the bat three times and you knock out and it's that mental um, stamina that just keeps you going and you get back up on your feet and challenging every day. I know one of the things that I always like to... um give an example of, and some people actually might have seen this YouTube video, but it was of the Admiral William McRaven at University of Texas in Austin 2014 when he gave a commencement speech and he was a Navy SEAL. And during their trainings, there would always be this bell at the end of a lap. And one in, in his speech, he just he always said that no matter what, in the training, they could ring that bell if they wanted it to end and they wanted to stop doing the training and, and get out. And his advice was, whatever you do, never, ever, ever, ever ring that bell. And I think a lot of, I mean, just a common theme and thread, not only with myself, but other people that I've I've interviewed is just continually choosing to move forward and to not get stuck and not give up and not ring that bell. Yeah, I love that interview bar or the um that commencement speech that you're talking about. But um it's one of those things where we I don't know we meaning women, but men do it too. I mean that we do actually ring that bell before sort of tap out a little bit before before we should. And so what do you recommend and what have you heard and what have you what the advice that you've given um that keeps people moving and continuing to move on on a path that that is at times very difficult. Yeah, I the thing that works for me especially and I I always I mean, one like people always say, okay, you you're so successful in what you do and you know, people define success in a lot of different ways where success might be financial freedom, success might be time freedom, but to me is success is not um, tied necessarily to the outcome, but it's more tied to the process. So who are you becoming along the way and what are you learning? So like early on in the career as a, as a, as I stepped into independent consulting, at the age of 24, even having studied finance, understanding a little bit of accounting, I still didn't understand how to get my mind wrapped around the entrepreneurship way and managing my money. And I could hold myself a, I don't know what the correct word was, but um, I, I could sit and dwell on the, all the mistakes that I made in the past. Instead, say, okay, what did I learn from that? And then how can I apply it moving forward? Or even I just launched an online six-week course at the beginning of this year to help women transition from corporate America out to full-on entrepreneurship, taking their side hustle to full-time. I had a lot of criticism. People come back at me and tell me, okay, well, you didn't leave enough time to market it. You didn't do this or you didn't do that. And to me, I, I sat there. I was like, okay, great. That's fine. Thank you. Appreciate it. But for me, the goal was, is what am I learning along the way? Am I learning to, you know, implement a new email strategy? Am, am I changing? Is my mindset shifting? Am I learning that new way of, to, to change the way that I look at things? And to me, if I, if I attach success to the process rather than the outcome, I'm much more likely to continue moving forward versus getting down on myself or thinking that I quote unquote failed at something because it's all a learning process. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, I've interviewed people who have talked about that process as well. You know, if you think about if you celebrate the success, but you're not getting to the success, what about celebrating the fact that you're implementing the process? So for instance, you're, you're asking for something that you want. Um, you're asking, you're asking, you're asking, and you're celebrating the fact that you're asking for something as opposed to celebrating what's come of it. Cause you're oh, not yeah, going to get everything absolutely. you ask for. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> no, it's just thinking about it differently, right? Yeah. I, no, I, I totally, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's what I, I told people. I'm like, oh, I mean, they're like, well, what if you don't get anyone signed up for it? I'm like, I don't care. I'm like, look how much I've learned along the way. I mean, it's just like, it's it's everything. And I was just at the my alma mater. So I graduated from University of Iowa speaking to some of their business consulting classes and entrepreneurship classes. And another thing that they had said is that they noticed that a lot of a lot of their female students wouldn't necessarily participate in the the pitch competition. And and again, it's not that just women have this. I know that guys have it too, because they shared a lot of things too. I, you know, we talked about the things that they're afraid of and all this like fear holding back. And really it comes down to is, you know, whether or not you believe you have the best pitch, it's again, like, what are you going to learn just by going through the process, getting there up on your feet? Like you can't learn unless you put yourself out there and then you can go through iterations, not only as you as an individual, but then if you have a product as well. Yeah. And it's it's not easy to put yourself out there. I, no. <laughs> it's not easy to be the person that is is in front of everyone and possibly going to fail or, you know, at least run into a big challenge that you would rather not have to do. But talk about a big challenge or some kind of an obstacle or even maybe a failure or something that happened to you in your career that maybe was a turning point. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> there's plenty of them, I guess you could say. I mean, the two there's two pivotal points in my life that really stick out. One, um, when I graduated from college and I went and worked in corporate America for two years, and then I, I left corporate America behind and I went out as an independent consultant. So, uh, and I'm sure a lot of your guests understand like the eat what you kill mentality where you create your own paycheck. And at that time it was a calculated risk because I had seven months of work in front of me and I, I knew taking that risk, but still that transition was really tough in terms of People thought I was crazy, asking me what's going to happen to my resume. And given the stance that I was 24, you know, I was in the mindset of like the worst that could happen is I go get another job. It doesn't work out. It's fine. But I believe that that pivotal moment in my life has now led me to where I am today, still coaching, still doing things. But now I'm transitioning it and parlaying it into into the podcast Um and even though the podcast is two years old for the first year and a half, it was really much a hobby. It was something that I just, it was a maintenance thing where, okay, I produced a podcast episode and I did it once a week and that was great. And it wasn't until about six months where I finally, like my mindset shifted and I said, okay, I want to make this a business. It's got legs. Like we've, we got recognition and we we're continually getting recognition from, um, entrepreneur.com, inc.com, tech stars. And so the mindset of, Okay, now turning something from a hobby into a business and then asking the questions of like, how do you make revenue? What's your value proposition? What are you offering? Are you streamlining your funnel? Do people understand what what they get when they come to your website? So those are all the things that my mind has definitely, the mindset has shifted over the past six months. And I don't know if I would necessarily call it a challenge, but it definitely took a lot of energy and a lot of thought behind it. Yeah, well, and congratulations for for doing it and um and and turning it into a profitable side of your business for sure. So, when entrepreneurs, you know, when somebody says I'm going to be an entrepreneur, I'm going to step out, I'm going to do something, <laughs> um I'm going to make this business, right? What is the biggest mistake that you see that entrepreneurs make 
when they first step out. Oh, gosh. I mean, and, and let me, I will, I will humbly say that all the things that I'm about to say are things that I've definitely done as well. Um, well, there's, there's like a handful. There's one where you think everyone, you have a good idea. So everyone thinks it's a good idea, but so not validating the market and not building a minimum viable product to see if people will build it. I've seen people quit their jobs too soon to take their side hustle to full time without it being in the correct position to support them financially. I've seen people just quitting their jobs because they don't like what they're doing versus actually creating a plan and saying, okay, what's the plan of action, whether it's six months or a month or like a year, how do I get out of this and how do I transition and then being patient enough to follow through with that commitment that you've made to yourself. And then the other one, like I, and I made this mistake too. I think waiting, waiting too long to get on the financial train. So even when I graduated college, I had gone through, I'm on now in my third financial advisor who I absolutely love and I absolutely trust. And I know that she understands my situation, not only with student loans, but then also where do I want to go with my business and how to balance like the assets and liabilities that I currently have. And I think from the get-go, having those conversations, whether or not you think that you have a ton of money or you don't have a ton of money, it's all perception. It's whatever you perceive it to be. And I think just having those smart conversations talking about long-term financial success, not only personal, but then also with business as well. Yeah. I, I think that the the money part is such a key thing that I see, you know, because one of the biggest problems in business is cash flow. Um, mm-hmm. Because we just, we ha- either haven't managed it properly or something happens that causes the cash flow to be a problem. But if you're anticipating that some of these things are going to be issues, you can develop some sort of safety nets, or at least you can be aware of what you might do if this situation happens. And I think that that's one of the things that I see that entrepreneurs don't do enough. And, and, and of course, just like you said, some of the mistakes that we're talking about are mistakes that we've made. And in my business, Red Zone Marketing, you know, I've, I've made a lot of mistakes along the way. And you look back and you go, wow, maybe I should have done this or that. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. I remember one time when we hired a ton of people because we were doing, we were expanding out into other avenues. And it was just... I mean, it was a good idea at the time. It wasn't a good idea if we looked at it for the long term and for the particular market that we were advancing into. But it's it's one of those things that, you know, you go, you do it, you get through it, and then you go, okay, now I learned a lot from it and here are the things that I'm going to do. What do you yeah. think are some of the lessons that women, you know, entrepreneurs learn? And what do you think are, if someone was starting in business today and you wanted to give them a lesson so they didn't have to go through and learn it themselves, what would that be? Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I yeah, I write a book on this whole thing. Um but <laughs> so I'm really one of the I mean, handful of things, but the biggest thing I have you ever heard of Profit First by Mike Michalowicz? No. Okay. I picked up his book last summer. I wish I would have picked that book up immediately five years ago when I started out. And it's the whole concept of like, how do you build profit into your business? And especially as a freelance consultant, money fluctuates. One month, it might be thousands of dollars. The next month, it might be half that amount. And so when you're looking as a business owner and your incomes un- might be unpredictable and the whole goal is to make it predictable and to project and then to grow it and know exactly that you can do this action, it's going to produce this much revenue. But especially in the beginning, when you're starting, it was hard. And one of the things that I struggled with was the fluctuation and like, how do I wrap my mind around so I can create consistency where there's lack of consistency? And so Profit First, he talks about building profit into your business and then also dividing up different sub accounts in your bank account that you have like operating expenses, profit, you have taxes, 
taxes, you have owner's pay, you have payroll, and then a few others that he gives within his books that might make sense to your business. Like I have reimbursable expenses because I go travel and then I take those expenses and put them back to the client. And so I carry that until I get them reimbursed. And then he also talks about put, assigning percentages, not amounts. So in the beginning, you if you're starting out, you might assign for every dollar that comes into your business, you might assign 2%. So 2% of every dollar that comes into your business will go into profit. And then what you start doing is it actually makes you think like, if you want to pay yourself, I don't know, $5,000 a month, and if your owner's pay is 50%, if that's the percentage that you've assigned to that count, then that means you have to bring in $10,000 a month in order to be able to put 50% of that $10,000, which is 5000 in that owner's pay so that you can pay yourself on a monthly basis. Once I started implementing that process, it really has made me think about, okay, um, so I bring in this amount of money, but really what's my nugget for operating expenses? And then how much am I spending for my business in order to make it grow? And I just, that book I recommend to anyone who is starting out, whether you are starting a business where you're going to have employees, or if it's a business where you want to be a freelance consultant or a freelance writer, whatever it might be. But it really like, forces you to think about all those things when it comes to like we we're talking about before retirement, but cash flow, how much do you need to generate, saving for taxes, especially quarterly taxes, and then also just expecting and building profit into your business versus it's like that pay yourself first mentality. That's the like paying profit first is the mentality for like a business owner. And so it's I really enjoyed that book. And I think he actually did a reversion or revise of it that comes out either today or tomorrow. In February. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Well, it's so that- good. Great tip, great lesson, great book that everyone should get. Um, but that sounds just like just wonderful advice. So how can people reach you, reach your business, reach your podcast? How can they find out more? Social media, just give us all the all the different yeah. ways to reach you. <laughs> yeah, I will point you guys. You can head on over to sheedatherwaypodcast.com and that's where you'll find any and all information. We're on iTunes, we're on Stitcher for the podcast as well. And then it's just sheedatherway at Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. So you can find us there. Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Amanda. I really appreciate you coming on the Female Insight Zone today. Yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I had a blast. Thanks for listening to the Female Insight Zone, a podcast dedicated to sharing insights from women who have made an indelible mark in business and the path they took to soar. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.